sense His nearness in this place. Amen. It doesn't matter what you came here with today. God is here to meet you. Amen. I know it's a little different and some of you are uh, you're, you're trying your very hardest Amen. To, to block out the difference. But uh, let, let's not worry about the fact that it's different. Amen. Amen. They said, how can we sing in a strange land? How can, we, how can we play our harps in a strange land? And that's the key. Whenever you can go through the hard times. Whenever you can go through the difficult times and you can still praise God. So I wonder today if you would just take just a moment and just reach out and lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Whatever God's done for you lately, why don't you give Him praise and glory for it right now? God, you've been so good. Lord, in the good times and in the bad. Hallelujah, when I feel good and when I don't. When everything's going right and when it's not, God, I give you praise and glory today. I worship you, Jesus, because you are worthy of all of my praise today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. God, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. You're so good to us. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you today. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I am Pastor Dummett. I'm the lead pastor at the Crossroads. And I do want to welcome all of you today, especially all of our guests that are with us today. Thank you so much for being with us. For those of you that are watching online, thank you for watching us online. We know that many people check us out uh, online before they ever come in person. And uh, so we welcome you and we're so glad that you are here with us. And we really look forward to seeing you in person soon. Amen? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And uh, today we will continue our series called Defining Moments. The first week we talked about defining moments. We talked about stepping into obedience and making sure that our lives are pleasing to God in every way. Two weeks ago we talked about stepping out of the boat and we were talking about habits that, uh, habits that, that plague each and every one of us and uh, maybe man-made spiritual traditions and anything that would hinder our faith. So this week we want to talk about stepping forward into the purpose that God has for our lives. Finding God's purpose. Finding His purpose for our lives. That's what's going to bring about the greatest satisfaction. That is going to bring the highest level of fulfillment in each and every one of us. So let me ask you this question as we start today. Are you lacking fulfillment? Are you lacking satisfaction in your life? Now I'm not talking about that old song that, you know, I can't get no satisfaction. I'm not talking about that. I mean, do you, does your life lack fulfillment? Do you feel like it's meaningless sometimes? This is what I have found. There's a few things uh, that are I found in common in people that are not living in God's purpose for their life. This is just a few of them, so I won't, I won't keep this uh, going, but this is what I've found that people have in common who are not living in God's purpose for their life. Here's some of the reasons why. They're blatantly living in sin. 
Now they know what's right, but they ignore it, so they just keep doing whatever they want to do, whatever they think God should accept. And it's, it's not right, it's not, it's not good. They're blatantly doing it. They know it's not right, but they do it anyways. Those people can't live in God's purpose. The other people that I find can't live in God's purpose are the people that they lack joy and excitement in general. Nothing seems to ever bring them lasting happiness. They're always chasing the next big thing. They're chasing after things that uh, don't bring them that satisfaction. And, and I found that they have no fulfillment and little satisfaction overall in their everyday lives. They're constantly wondering, why am I here? What am I doing? Well, what's life all about anyways? There, there's got to be more than this. I also have noticed that people that are not living in God's purpose feel stuck. They feel like life is passing them by and they aren't really going anywhere. And, and then I've also found these people to have no direction for what to do next. So today, I want us to find that fulfillment. I want us to find that satisfaction. And the great, the great news for us is that we have a lot of clues from the Word of God on how to find that. Amen? Amen. So if you have your Bibles, you can stand if you want. Uh, the, the, the Scripture we're going to read is Judges chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 11 and 12. And, and I won't keep you standing long, but this is what it says. There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah that pertained unto Joash the Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Everybody say to hide it. Hide it. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Wow. He was sneaking around, hiding from the enemy, and the angel finds him and calls him a mighty man of valor. Amen. I want God to speak to us in the, in the next few moments. Amen. And I want to see uh, how we can step forward into our defining moment that will bring satisfaction, that will bring fulfillment in our lives. How many of you want that in your life and for the people that are sitting close to you? Amen. Let's pray today. Jesus, God, I am just your humble vessel today. I, I'm only speaking what you have placed on my heart from Your Word. I pray, God, that You would put Your Word forth into our hearts, into our lives, that we would receive it, that we would accept it, and God, that we would begin, Lord, to apply it to our lives, and we would give You the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Maybe you have heard the story of Gideon, and maybe you have not. I, I think uh, it's probably easier for you to read it for yourself this week, maybe, uh, in Judges chapter 6 through 8. God spoke to Gideon and He calls him a mighty man of valor. Amen. I would say in our, um, you know, in our language, we wouldn't say you mighty man of valor. You know, we just we don't we don't think in those terms. But God called Gideon a mighty man, a strong man. He said, Gideon, you're about to go in beast mode, right? Uh, for those of you, you know, that, that, that think in terms of athletes, he, he, this guy, this was a stud. That's what, that's what God said. He said, Gideon, you're a stud. You're about to show out. But that's not the, the, the big deal. The big deal is that Gideon did not see himself that way. Gideon saw himself as a coward. He saw himself as somebody who was hiding out and trying to produce enough food that the enemy could not take from him. 
Can I tell you that God's people were being attacked by the Midianites and God was hoping and wanting and choosing and purposing and planning to use Gideon to lead His people into deliverance. I want to make this story quick and cut right to the chase. Gideon serves as a judge over his people. Uh, the first thing he has to do is destroy an altar to the pagan god Baal. Entering uh, this, this time, they had fallen into idol worship. They were worshiping gods that were not the, the great God, Jehovah. They were not worshiping the Almighty God. They were worshiping other gods. And so God calls Gideon and the first thing Gideon does is destroy the altar to Baal. And, and he earned the name Jerubbabel because uh, Baal was, was, was the, the God that they were serving instead of the one true God. And Jerubbabel meant contender with Baal. And so Gideon earns the name Jerubbabel. And uh, Gideon united the Israelites against their common enemies. Through God's power, they defeat them. And Gideon is listed in the hall of fame of faith in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. This happened because Gideon reluctantly stepped forward into his defining moment into what God had him to do. Midianites that were uh, almost innumerable. There were hundreds of thousands of them. And, and, and he steps in and, and God, you, you know the story. Maybe you don't, but l- let me just give it to you briefly. Step forward and they have a bunch of guys. There's a whole bunch of guys that come out. There's, there's a lot of guys and, and God says, that's too many, Gideon. I can't, I can't get glory with this many people. And so he says, we're going to have to do a few tests. And he gives Gideon a few tests. And after a few tests, Gideon's down to 300 men. And with 300 men, with no weapons, just trumpets and pitchers and torches, that's all they had, they go take on this innumerable number of the enemy and they win because God is with them, turns the enemy on each other. And so Gideon and his 300 men that God uses, God gives them victory. And so uh, this is one of those things you would have to be a mighty man of valor to step into an, a battle arena like that with only a torch, with only a trumpet, and with only a pitcher. But uh, when it first started, it didn't look so good for Gideon. Amen? Gideon's hiding out and God calls him. But there are things, there are steps that happen in Gideon's life in order for him to step forward into becoming who God had intended him to be. So we need to look at what it will take for us to step forward into our defining moment, into that place where we have fulfillment and satisfaction in our life, the place that we step forward into that lands us directly in the middle of His purpose for us. So this is what I would say. The first thing that Gideon had to do is he had to listen to God. He had to listen to God. The first thing he had to do, and you, that you're not exempt from this, you need to listen to God. Not just in this service as I'm speaking or as we're singing and worshiping, but every day in your time with God. You say, well, I don't have every day time with God. You need every day time with God. Amen. Every day time with God. You need to listen to God while you're reading His Word. You need to listen to God. Amen. While you are speaking to Him and while you are having conversation with 
with Him and you say, I just don't know if I can have a conversation with Him, would you picture Him, amen, in the seat next to you? Would you picture Him in the seat across from you? Would you just talk to Him like you talk to somebody else that's sitting across from you today? Why? Because God is everywhere. You cannot go anywhere that you can't find God. So you can have a conversation with Him. And if you can't hear His voice clearly, I would tell you, start turning off the other voices in your life. Amen. Start shutting the television off and start shutting off the video games. Stop listening to so much music. Stop listening to so much talk radio. Amen. Stop listening to all the things that are distracting because when you quiet down all the noise, you will hear the voice of God. In your devotion time with God, you don't, you don't have devotion time with God, so you don't hear God. And that's the problem with most of us. No wonder we don't live in the purpose of God because we can't even hear Him. We have so much going on in our lives, so much going on in our society, in the world around us. There are so many voices, the Scripture says, amen, that are vying for our attention. But this is where you start. If you can't hear the voice of God, you cannot live in His purpose. So the first thing you need to do is shut everything else down. If it's too noisy for you to hear the voice of God, you need to quiet everything else. Amen? I, I wish somebody would help me preach today. You need to listen to the voice of God. Well, I can't hear the voice of God. Then you need to turn everything else down. I don't know how to do that. Well, take a media fast. Amen. Turn, turn, off the, turn off the TV. Turn off all the... the ex. Some people say, well, I need that to get to sleep. You know, find something else. Use a fan. Use white noise. Use something else. You don't have to have the television running 24 hours a day. You know, I find Christians, you know, I, I see, I understand people in the world, they, they feel it's soothing to them to have, you know, some things going on. But, but really, as Christians, if we got the, the TV going 24 hours a day, how are you ever going to hear the voice of God? If all you've got is negative and, and, and worldly influences all day long, how will you ever hear the voice of God? What, what comes on when you get in your car? Come on, somebody. I know you're getting quiet on me. You, you wonder why you can't live in God's purpose because you can't even hear His voice. If you can't hear His voice, you won't live in His purpose. And this seems so simple, but it's really the most important step. We can't go any further until we can listen to God and until we can be honest with ourselves about what He is saying to us. I know some people say, well, you know, Pastor, it's not that big of a deal. I, I got a lot of things, you know, that are going on and, and I'm just so busy. I know, but are you, are you so busy and too busy that you don't have time to hear the voice of God? This is, this is so important. This is really, uh, really the most important step for us because we, we can't just listen to God. We've got to listen to God and then be honest with ourselves. Because if you're not being honest with yourself, then you're lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. How many of you have ever heard God deal with you about something? And you say, oh, no, that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. I'm not going to act on that. Why? Because it required some sacrifice on your part. Hmm. Do you notice that that's the first thing that God dealt with Gideon about? Don't, don't be nervous. God will confirm His purpose to you. Amen. God will tell you just like He did Gideon what He wants you to do if you're willing to step forward. He calls Gideon a, a mighty man of valor. And, and sometimes we listen and we hear God, but we don't act on it because we don't really become honest with ourselves. 
I wonder what would have happened had Gideon said, okay, God, yes, I'm listening. You want to use me? Okay, all right. And then he says, all right, I want you to go tear down this altar. Oh, that's just me. That's just me. I don't think that's really God talk. God would not ask me to sacrifice and do this. That's exactly what God asked him to do. He wanted him to make things right. With God, first and foremost, we've got to make things right. Whenever you hear God and God speaks to you about things in your life and God speaks to you about your direction, stepping forward will mean leaving other things behind. If you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life, you've got to be willing to destroy anything that would keep you from God. Look at your neighbor and say, anything. But it's, it's not. I don't think it's really that big a deal, Pastor. Well, if it's not a big deal, get rid of it. If it's not a big deal, let it go. If it is a big deal, that's why it's holding on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get in. Some of y'all, it's, it's, we're, we're, we're at the rubber meeting the road right now. This is it right here. If you don't get anything else today, this is what we have to get. Gideon has to deal with the Baal worship in his home and in his family before God would be able to use him for the purpose that he had planned. These were personal things that Gideon was dealing with. They affected the rest of his family. Everybody was going to know Gideon was up to something. So, today, what sin are you clinging to? What idols need to come down in your life? What barriers need to be removed in order for you to be in complete obedience with what God is asking of you? This is where I find we, we have our, our toughest struggle. And the reason we have our tough struggle is because we hear things and we don't change. And then we come back and go, oh God, I want to hear from you. And he's like, you know what? I told you last week and nothing changed. I mean, I, I spoke clearly last week. What did you not understand? We understood. We're just not being honest with ourselves. You know, I, I, I've seen people struggle whenever God speaks to them and they're trying to be honest with themselves. I, I, I've seen people struggle with this not just for weeks, not just for days, but I've seen people struggle with this for years. We were supposed to start this church earlier than we started this church, but I struggled because I, I was having trouble being honest with myself. I, I, I knew that God was pushing me into this. I knew that God wanted us to start this church, but I, I wasn't sure exactly uh, how it was all going to work out. And so I, I kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. But there came a place where God said, okay, I'm going to make you miserable until you'll just comply. He doesn't do that for every one of us. But He does sometimes in ministry with people who are in ministry. Sometimes He does that. But, but He will allow you to get to a place, amen, where you need to tear down some idols. You need to tear down some barriers. You need to take down some things that are holding you back from becoming everything that God has intended for you to be. Amen. God will honor you if you will honor Him. Amen. Matthew 15 and verse 8 said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. It's not just good enough to have lip service. It's not good enough just to come in here on Sunday and say, Oh, I love Jesus, and He loves me, and I, I, I feel Him in this place. And 
God is good, and we, we go out and tell, where do you go? I'm a Christian. I go to the crossroads, and you know, God has been so good to me. That's lip service is not enough. Right. Amen. People need to see what God is doing in your life. You become a living testimony, amen, of what God is doing. Whenever you start tearing things away that don't belong, whenever you start taking things out that shouldn't be there, amen, people start noticing there's something different about you. You're not the same person that I used to know. Amen. I don't know what it is, but something is, is shiny about you. Something is awesome about you. I don't know what it is, but I like it. Amen. God wants you to step forward. And in order for you to step forward, you're going to leave some other things behind. God was wanting to use the influence of Gideon and his family for the salvation of his people. But you know where it started? It started at an altar. Uh, this is gonna this is gonna shock some of you, but you know your your ministry, your your powerful stuff that God wants to do with you. It's not going to start on a television ministry. It's not going to start on the stage of some big platform somewhere. What God wants to do with you and the influence that God wants to have in your life, it's not going to begin. In the front. It's going to begin at an altar. It's not even going to begin outside mowing the grass or cleaning the toilet or cleaning the church. It's going to begin at an altar. What God wants to do with you always begins with an altar. Gideon, I believe that you are a mighty man of valor. You are going to do great things for God. Very first step, tear down all the things that would keep you from being that mighty man. Oh, I don't like that, Pastor. That, 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 that doesn't make me feel good. Well, I would rather you not feel good, but have the truth. Some of you, you've been putting off the altar for too long. It's your defining moment. I love you. It's, it's really quiet. I, I, this does not make anybody want to swing from anything. Uh, but uh, this is one of those things that if we don't get this... Some of us, we, we are not becoming who God wants us to be because we refuse the altar. How do we do that, Pastor? Well, we're not honest with ourselves and we, don't, we lie to ourselves and, and tell ourselves that everything is okay and we can just get by and we have our ticket punched. We're going to make it to heaven. So let's just wait it out until He comes. Are you with me? Can you all hear me today? Somebody said a couple weeks ago, they said, Pastor, you were coming for it. I said, I wasn't doing it on purpose. Sometimes it just happens. And sometimes people say, you was coming for me. I said, no, I was coming for everybody. Amen. Can I just tell you today, this is coming for everybody. We've got to make things right before we can step forward into what God has for us. Right. And if we uh, have this hesitancy, if we have this determination not to embrace the altar, we're always going to keep repeating the same cycle over and over. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, I don't feel like God would have used Gideon if Gideon didn't get to that altar. If Gideon didn't tear down the, the altar to Baal and didn't burn, amen, the altar on the, uh, with the oxen on the altar, if he, if he didn't take care of that bull and, and, and do it just like God said, I don't think God would have used him further. 
And guess what Gideon would have done? He would have kept living in bondage. He would have kept hiding out, trying to make enough to survive. How many of you are sick of that? Man, I am sick of that. I am so sick of just making enough to survive. I'm so sick of just barely getting by. And that's the, the cycle that Gideon was in. And the reason that Gideon hadn't gotten out yet was because he hadn't embraced the altar. And God says, wait a second, Gideon, I'm calling you out. You're a mighty man of valor. I am. Gideon has a bunch of tests and he's like, God, prove it. Prove it. Prove that you mean me. That you're really talking about me. And I I would challenge some of you to get over yourself today. He is talking about you. Amen. And it's not because it's you. It's because He wants to use each and every one that's in this building today. He's got family members. He's got friends. He's got people, amen, that you are going to be able to reach and to set free. He's got people that He wants to bless your life through. I I wish some of you could get an understanding of what God has in store for you, amen, when you step forward into your defining moment. But you're going to have to make things right with God first so that you can. I, I don't know what that means, Pastor. Well, is God dealing with you about something? What have you, let's, let's be honest, what have you deceived yourself into believing is okay? That's, that's, wow, I don't, want to, I don't want to even go there, Pastor. Have you deceived yourself that certain things are okay and you can still do those things and live for God, but deep down you know they're not? It's quiet. It's very quiet. I'm just wondering... If, if we should even move beyond this point. Last week, God interrupted our service. We had a powerful move of God. God interrupted our service. And this is what I felt God was trying to do. And this was, this was what I felt was happening in the spirit world. God was giving you an opportunity to embrace the altar. He was giving us an opportunity to say, okay, God, whatever it is that you want. I've had, I've had times in my life where God just, it seemed like the whole service stopped and God was looking at me and saying, you... You, I'm talking to you right now. I, I hope that happens to you. I hope that you can hear the voice of God. And it's so clear today that you say, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to make things right. God called me. You, some of you that don't know me well enough, you, you've not heard this. This might surprise you. God called me to preach when I was 10. And then He called me to preach again when I was 12. And, I, and whenever I was 12, and then between, between the time I was 12 and the time I was 13, a lot of crazy stuff happened in my life. Uh, my family moved away from all my friends. A lot of stuff happened. And I started running from God because I didn't want to be a preacher. But at 16, I finally i would had enough hard uh, knocks and, and stupid stuff had gone on in my life. And I knew I wasn't going to be happy if I didn't just submit my life and surrender my life to God. I, so I, at 16, I said, I finally, after you know, four nights of, 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 of camp and the services, it's like the preacher preached the same thing every night to me. I don't know if he preached the same thing. Somebody told me I should go back and check check the record to see if he was actually preaching the same thing. But I heard the same thing every night. And finally, by by Thursday night, I I said, God, whatever you want from me, whatever you want me to do, and that night three people said the exact same thing and confirmed what God wanted me to do. I I, I will tell you that uh, that was a, a defining moment in my life. That was a change moment in my life. But there were some things that I had to. Now, I'm just going to be, I'm being transparent with you. Some of you have heard that part of the story. The other part of the story that some of you haven't heard is when I got back from camp, 
the very first thing I had to do was break up with my girlfriend. Because I knew it wasn't right. It wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't what God had for me. And some of you are like, Ooh, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. There are some things that you need to break off. Relationships maybe that you need to break off. Some things, some habits, some things going on in your life. You need to make things right with God. Because some of the things that are going on in your life, they can't keep going on in your life if you're going to have a defining moment with God. The next thing that I find uh, Gideon doing was he was discovering what God had placed in him already. He had passions. He had gifts and strengths that God had given him. And God will give each and every one of you very specific passions, very specific gifts and strengths. And God uh, has a purpose for you. And whatever your purpose is, can I just give you a little secret? It probably involves something that you're good at. God's probably not going to call you into His wonderful purpose for your life and something you've never heard of. And something you are totally uncomfortable with. What is one thing that you are particularly passionate about? Determining your passions often will help you figure out what God is calling you to do. I've heard it said God works at the intersection of our gifting and our passions. Where do your gifts meet your passions? That may be God's purpose for you. And I'm not talking about your passions for the things of this life and the things of the world. You know, having more money, having cars, having houses. I'm talking about what is your passion? What do you want to do for God? What do you want to see happen in the kingdom of God? What is it that God has placed on your heart? Amen. I'm sure Gideon wanted to see his people set free. I'm sure that he wanted them to come out from this bondage. And when you step forward into the gifting that God has already given you and you are passionate about what you're doing, then look out because you might find yourself right in the middle of God's purpose for your life. It's like this, I I believe. Your gifting is what you are naturally gifted by God with. Anybody naturally gifted by God? Anybody? You know you're naturally... Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. You know you're naturally... I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to pull you up here. How many of you know you're naturally gifted by God to do something? You, you've got maybe maybe woodworking, maybe uh, you know speaking, maybe singing, maybe you know whatever. What wave your hand at me? You know you're naturally gifted by God. All right, those of you that did not wave your hand, you're either lying <laughs> or you know I'm, what I'm about to say, and you just don't want to be honest with yourself. God is going to use what He has naturally gifted you to do. Some of you are. What is it that you are naturally gifted to do? Your passion is what you really like to do and what you want to do or you feel very deeply about. Is there anything that you're passionate about in the kingdom of God? Some people are passionate about children, reaching children. Some people are passionate about uh, uh, people that are are, uh, bound by drugs or alcohol. Some people are are passionate about uh, the homeless. Some people are passionate about mission. Some people are are passionate about uh, singing or worship. Whatever you're passionate about and whatever you are naturally gifted to do, where those lines come together, there's probably a good chance that God's purpose for you is somewhere in that vicinity. Are you with me? Am I helping anybody? Are you still awake out there? Then there's your ability. You've got your passions, you've got your giftings, then your ability. What are are you able to do right now? 
What is it that you're able to do? Here's what we found in this church. This church, uh, we, we really care about missions. We really want to see the gospel spread around the world. And so about four years ago, we started making this plan. And we, we talked, our leadership talked, and we said, you know what? We want to be a church that does missions, and we do it in a big way. And so what we did was we decided that we were going to be a church that we supported missionaries when they were on the field. We support missionaries whenever they come through the states. We support missionaries in many different ways, but we also wanted to go and support missionaries around the world. And so in 2017, we took a trip to Guatemala. And we, we helped an orphanage and we helped the missionary that's there. And then this past year we went to Greece and we, uh, we helped the missionaries that are in Greece and Athens specifically. But uh, we were there and we helped them. And then, you know, <laughs> next year we're planning a big trip with a lot of people. And we're going to Costa Rica and we're going to help Luke and Samantha Campbell, the missionaries that are there. And the whole area of San Jose, Costa Rica. Why? Why are we doing this? We're just, you know, we're not a big church. We've got a gifting, amen, to bless missionaries. God has put that in our path. We've got a passion, amen, to, to bless missions and to send the gospel around the world. And we don't have a lot of ability. There are some churches that give way more than we do. But you know what? We give what we can give. We do what we can do. Amen. And God makes it and multiplies it and makes it so much greater than we could have even imagined. Why? Because we have discovered one of our purposes is to spread the gospel around the world. Amen. Go and make disciples. That's what he said. And so we are taking the Great Commission, amen, seriously in this church. And I wonder if there are those of you that God has given you passion. He's given you gifting and he's given you ability. Don't wait until everything lines up purpose, uh, just perfectly and, and to where your purpose is so clear. And you're like, oh, I just, I got it. No, no, it's not going to be like this. Moment, it's going to be, it's going to be an awesome thing. But it's, it may not happen like that. You might not hear angels singing and light bulbs come on, and you know uh, everything just line up perfectly. But whenever you say, you know what, that something feels right about this. I remember the first time I visited uh, the Radcliffe Church. My wife and I, we were going to preach uh, there. This is in the. Uh, the summer of 19, uh, 2001, and this my wife was expecting. We were traveling, evangelizing. We had uh, recently kind of left our uh, youth pastoring post of uh, here in Louisville, and so we were traveling. And I remember when we came to uh, to what was at the time Bethesda Apostolic Church in Radcliffe, and we were just coming to preach for them. We were just come. We we were not looking to pastor. I look. I'm being honest with you. I really did not want to pastor and we came to the church to preach and then all of a sudden my wife and I we looked at each other and we said something's I don't know something's going on I don't know what God's doing it was it was us just being available for whatever God wanted and because we were available, things uh, lined up. Amen. Things came into place. And, and I would say that there are many of you today that you could say, Pastor, you know, I know you're not a perfect guy, but I'm glad that you stepped forward into that defining moment. I'm glad that you said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to become the pastor, amen, of this church. Because there are lives that have been changed. There are things that have been done because somebody was willing to step forward. It's not always been easy. We've been through some rough times. We go through 
through rough times. We're going through a rough time with the sanctuary right now. But God, amen, has a purpose for us. Amen. And God is going to move us forward into what He has for us. Amen. You may not be in the ministry right now. You may not be the ministry director for, for a particular thing that you feel passionate about. And you say, well, Pastor, I feel passionate about that. Well, why don't you just make me the, the director of it? No. Let's just wait and see. Because the Bible says that a man's gift will make room for himself. That means as you start doing it, what are you doing? How are you displaying those, those gifts in your own home? How do you display those gifts with your friends and the people around? Don't tell me you want to be the outreach director and you can't even teach a Bible study. Don't tell me. Come on now. Don't tell me you want to be the prayer leader and you don't even pray. Well, yeah, it's gotten a lot warmer in here now. I don't know, maybe it's just me. We, we want to have these defining moments. Some people want the title of being over something at the church, but they're not willing to step forward at home. Step forward. Step forward in the little things first. God will reward you with even bigger things. Be faithful to use the gifts in the small ways that God has already given you and God will let you use those gifts in big ways. Amen. Amen. You, you don't start at the top. You, you usually start small. You usually start little. Why? Because if you start too big, your ego gets inflated. You get a little too arrogant. And you think it's all about you and that God has to use you. I, you know why I don't get the big head at this church? Because I know where we've come from. Amen? I, I remember, amen, being on uh, food stamps whenever I went to Radcliffe. I, I remember that. Some of you say, oh, pastor, I can't believe you just said that. I can remember it. I can remember having to get wick and getting formula for my babies. Yeah, I remember that. It wasn't always like it is today. So don't look at us and say, oh, pastor, you just, you just had a bunch of talk. No, we've lived through it. We understand. We know what it's like. Amen. God has blessed us. God's been good to us. Amen. And God has greater things ahead for this church. But we got to step forward in the little things first. And God will reward us with bigger things. Be faithful to use the gifts that God has given you. I, I, I read about, you know, in Acts chapter 9, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I read about how the man Ananias was called to, to come and to pray for Saul. And Saul at the time had been persecuting Christians. He had been uh, eliminating the Christians from the church or putting them in prison. And, and God calls him to come and pray for Saul. And, and so he comes and he prays. He has to be willing to step forward and pray for Saul and Saul receives a sight Saul receives the Holy Ghost he's baptized in Jesus name we love this part of the story but I gotta just tell you we need to back up and look at Ananias Ananias was like Lord don't you know what he's done don't you know what he's done he's not a good person you really want me to step forward and go pray for him if he didn't go forward and step and step into that defining moment, we might not have the Apostle Paul. Here's where I'd like to, to make my next to last point. First, we've got to listen to God. Got to make things right. We've got to discover our passions, gifts, our strengths. And then we've got to be accountable. Ananias, I want you to go pray for Saul. Oh God, you don't know. You don't even understand. Yes, I do. But I got something special. And guess what? This is what I have found. I might not be the special one. Maybe God's just called me to pray for the special one. Maybe God's just called me to usher in 
Come on, somebody. The ministry of the Apostle Paul. I, it's not all about me. I'm just, I'm just responsible to do whatever God calls me to do. Maybe it's not about me at all. Maybe it's about the person who's going to come after me. As John said, he must increase and I must decrease. It, it's just about stepping forward into that defining moment of whatever he wants for me to do. And this is where many people go off the rails. Because they're like, well, I'm supposed to be something great. It's supposed to be about me. What is God doing in my life? They don't want to answer to anybody. They don't want to have to, you know, be accountable to anybody. Proverbs 11:14 says, where there is no guidance of people falls, but in an abundance of counselors there is safety. Or in other words, one of the main ways that God will help you fulfill His purpose for you is through others. Let me say this, and I, I'm not going to you know, bat an eye at this. You should be accountable. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you should be accountable. Amen. Now, now I don't, you don't have to answer them, but I want you to ask them, are you accountable to anyone? Some of you didn't even ask it. I'm watching you. Some of y'all didn't even ask it. He just said, mm, I'm going to skip that part. Are you accountable to anyone? Hey, here's what I'm going to tell you. You should be accountable primarily to people. Hear me well. Who have clearly demonstrated that they have your back and they want the best for you. Those are the people that you should be accountable to. Not just, you know, any run-of-the-mill person. Not just the person that you met at work. I'm talking about the people who have been there for you, who have proven to you, they've got your back, they want what's best for you. You want wise counselors to help you fulfill God's purpose for you. Amen. There are some, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to be rude here, and some of you are going to think that I am, but there are some great people in your life that are not spiritually minded. While it's fine for you to be accountable to them in some natural things like requirements, you know, job requirements, opportunities that you might have, turning in papers for school. Yes, be accountable to those people that you're supposed But I'm talking about your spiritual advice. You should not take spiritual advice from people who are not spiritually minded. Amen. Thank you for those of you who are helping me preach. Everybody else? I love you. You need to get with it because what I'm about to tell you could save your spiritual life. I see some people taking, uh, talking about how they got this great advice for their life and, and it goes in the opposite direction of the Bible and they're like, I just feel like because I got this from this person, I just feel like God's trying to speak to me. No, dummy. God's not trying to speak to you. That is in, in, in exact opposite to what He says in His Word. That is the exact opposite to the principles found in the Word of God. If somebody told you that, they, they, they're not helping you, they're hurting you. If you're deceiving yourself and telling yourself that, you're not helping yourself, you're hurting yourself. I knew that was going to be popular. <laughs> They're going to give you great advice. Yes, they're going to tell you what you want to hear and send you in the exact opposite direction from what the Bible says, the principles of the Word of God, what your spiritual leadership has advised you to do, and what you feel like God wants to do in their life. You say, well, Pastor, how is that? I don't know why. I don't know why it is, but some people will just listen to anybody. You got people, you know, you got people that love them, that care about them, that are reaching out to them, and they get this like this spiritual teenager mentality. Can I just say that when the teenagers are gone? Let me talk about them for a minute. You get this spiritual teenager mentality that says, 
I don't need you to tell me anything. I know what's best for me. I, I don't need the, the pastor to tell me anything. I don't need any spiritual leaders to tell me anything. And so they go about to show how smart they are, how right they are. And what you find is they get themselves in a bad place because they're not accountable to the right people. And they justify it by saying, well, it came from somebody that I really trusted and they, they really do want what's best for me. Okay, that's fine. But do they know what's best for you spiritually? How often do they read their Bible? How often do they pray and talk to God? Are, are they faithful to their church? Do they have a spiritual leader in their life? All these questions you need to be asking about people who are giving you spiritual advice. I'm trying to save some of you. I, I'm, look, I know that sounds harsh, but I'm trying to save some. Some of you are listening to family members and friends and co-workers that are dragging you to hell. And you don't even see that. You, you think everything's okay and you can just skate by by the skin of your teeth. And you don't want to be accountable to the Word of God. You don't want to be accountable to the church, to the man of God. You don't want to be accountable to anybody. And you're saying, well, pastor, you know, uh, it's just difficult for me. I just want to fit in. I just want my family to be happy. I want everything to be okay. I understand that these people that are talking to you can be, uh, they, they're, they're, they're very sincere, but can I tell you, they can be sincerely wrong. Even when you disagree with the Bible and your spiritual authority, you need to heed their wise counsel. Don't go looking elsewhere for what you want to hear. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because this is where we are. This is where we are. This is the, our defining moment. Some of us, uh, it's make it or break it spiritually for some of us. We're either going to step forward into what God has for us, or we're going to miss this defining moment for us. You, you know enough to know better. Amen? Uh, the, the old song says, I, I know enough to know better and still too young to care. Some of you are still too young to care. Mentally, spiritually, you can't, you, you, you're just like, I'm a teenager. Uh, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. No, be accountable to somebody. Right. Right. Amen? Be accountable to somebody. These people that are trying to tell you what, what they think is best for you and they think is okay for you. Amen? They're going to lead you astray. The Bible is, is right. I'm just going to say it again because I didn't hear anybody say amen. The Bible is right. Amen. The Bible is truth. Amen. You, you can argue with me all day long. But if I'm speaking the, the, the Scripture, if I'm speaking principles from the Word of God, then it's not me that you have a beef with. It's not me that you have a problem with. So let me put it in the, the most plain and simple terms that I know how. And I'm not being political, but there's so much out there today that, that is just opinions and just ideas and just philosophies. And it's not truth. What you need in your life is you need solid truth. Truth is not going anywhere. Amen. It's still okay. Amen. To believe what the Word of God says. It's still alright to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Why? Because without holiness, no man shall see God. Pastor, you're just, you're just trying to get everybody to look right. No. Mm -mm. No. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you, I could care less about how you look. It really doesn't matter to me, and you've heard me say that before, it doesn't matter to me how you look. I, I don't care if you've got everything together and you look good from the, from the top of your head down to the bottom of your feet and you walk into church and you look holy. And that doesn't matter to me. You know what matters to me is, is your heart right with God? Yes. Right. Yes. 
Now, now let me say on the flip side of that, as you are getting your heart right with God, what is naturally going to happen is what is on the inside is going to start to come out to the outside. Amen. What is on the inside is going to start showing on the outside. Well, I don't... Pastor, I don't think you should be talking about this because we're talking about stepping forward. I am talking about stepping forward. And this is where some of us stop. Because we're not hearing from God. We're outside of His purpose for our life. And we're kind of doing the whatever goes. You know, whatever whatever we want. Whatever we feel at the time goes. And that's not, what, that's not what the Bible says. We still have to be separate. We still have to be set apart. There are still things that require us to not touch the unclean thing. To stay away from the things that are going to taint us with worldliness. And, and, and things that would cause us to, to be, want to be more like the world. And want to be more like Hollywood. And less like Jesus in our lives. Amen. I know that that's not popular. And some people say, well, I think I need to just look cool and I need to be able to blend in with everybody. And the reason that I do that is that that will help my witness. That's not going to help your witness. One of the greatest witnesses that you can have is being different. And I'm not talking about being different just to be different and say, look, I'm different. No, you're different because what's on the inside of you is different than what's on the inside of others. And what's on the inside of you needs to start coming to the outside of you. Come on, somebody. That's a defining moment in your life when you're not ashamed to be holy. Well, oh, I wish I could preach up here. When you're not ashamed to be holy, even around people who are going to criticize you for it, around people who are going to make fun of you for it, come on, somebody. If you're willing to be holy, you're willing to be separate, you're willing to be set apart, you say, I'm not going to bow down to the idols anymore. I'm not going to be held back by the sin anymore. Amen. I'm not going to let worldliness and ungodliness hold on to me anymore. That's why the Bible says I've got to deny these fleshly lusts. I've got to go against the things that are trying to pull me away from God. And as you do that, you'll step into your defining moment. Step forward. I know that the world's trying to pull you back. I know that your flesh is trying to pull you back. But some of you need to step forward into what God has for you today. Amen. And as I come to a close today on this final point, the last thing that I noticed is you just have to just do it. Gideon could have sat back and waited, but you just have to do it. Some people, some of us, we make, you know, we make all the excuses in the world, right? Like, why I'm going to do it next week or next month. And, Pastor, you know, I know what you're saying is right. And, um, you know, once I have this Bible study and I get everything worked out, then... Yes. Once, you know, I get some good people to come along upside me and, and we're all buddies and, and I don't have anybody criticizing me for these choices of stepping forward. Can I tell you, it's never going to be like that. I was called Bible boy whenever I was growing up because I didn't look like everybody else. I didn't act like everybody else. And you would think because I'm a pastor that all that has changed, but it doesn't. Sometimes when people find out who I am, they quit talking to me. They just walk away from me. Why? Because I'm a downer, man. I brought their party down. Everybody's talking, having a good time. They're, you know, getting lit and having, having a blast. And they say, well, what do you do? I've learned to say, you know, I'm a life coach. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, I try to help people have the best life possible. Because I've learned the moment they find out I'm a pastor, I'm a spiritual leader. Their language all of a sudden changes. 
their, 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 their exuberance and all the fun that they were having just, just get sucked right out the window. You know why? Because there's a realization whenever I get around things that are, that are right, that are true, that are godly, there's a realization of, oh, there's got to be something changing me. Some of us, we spend so much time away from the things of God and outside of the things of God that whenever it comes time, we, the only exposure to the presence of God that we have is when we're together on Sunday. And that's why we struggle. That's why it's so hard to just do it. I mean, Pastor, you're saying just do it, but you don't understand what a challenge that is for me. To, to, to get to that altar, to make that altar in my life, to listen to God, to, to discover my gifts and, and be accountable to somebody and use those things. You don't understand how difficult this is for me to step forward from who I was into this defining moment of who God wants me to be. And I realize that there are so many people, you're just struggling right now. I, I, I love you. I want to see you become everything God wants you to be, and you're struggling right now. I really, I really want to help you. That's my goal. I'm not trying to be rude or mean to you. You're dealing with the who God wants you to be, and looking back, and hopefully you're seeing who you used to be. And who you used to be keeps pulling on you. The habits, the friends, the relationships, the things that... Some of that, you just need to step forward. You, you've, got to, you've got to make a step forward. I, I realize that it's hard sometimes. Anthony, come here. John, come here for a second. If you, uh, have you, how many of you have seen this? The me God wants me to be and the me that I used to be. Have, have you seen that? All right. John, when you step, step right here. Just turn around just like that right there. All right. Scoot back a couple steps right here. Turn, turn this way. Scoot back just a couple steps. So there is, there is the me that I want to be. The me that God has called me to be. The, 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 the person I've got to step forward into becoming. But here's the frustrating part of that. As I step forward to become who God wants me to be. Now get this. Some of you will not like this. God takes another step. Oh man. I'm like, God, I've been in this for years. I thought I would be there by now. And it seems like every step I take, there's there's another step. So he steps and I step. He steps and I step. He steps and I get look I, some days I'm like, come on, God. Come on. When am I ever gonna get there? Then I have to look back every once in a while. I'm not going back there, but I have to look back because on the one hand, I'm reaching for that prize. I'm reaching for who God has called me to be. I'm ready to step forward. But on the other, on the other hand, I'm, I'm looking back to where I used to be. So with the one hand, I reach. And with the other hand, I thank God that I'm not who I used to be. This guy who I used to be. <laughs> wow. Some of y'all, I mean, Anthony's a good guy. But some of y'all would not have wanted to be around that guy. But this guy, he's just got to keep stepping forward. I, I'm not who I used to be. Man, I thank God for that. Amen. I am so thankful. Some of you, 
you ought to thank God. Oh, God, I thank you that I'm not who I used to be. Amen. I don't have the same language that I used to have somebody. I don't go the same places that I used to go. I, I'm not pulled down by the same things that I used to be pulled down by. I thank you, God. I thank you that you brought me this far. Amen. I thank you, God, because I don't deserve it. I couldn't earn it, but God, you gave me grace to get this far. And then on the other hand, then on the other hand, it's just, oh God, <laughs> I still have so far to go. I, I got to keep stepping forward. This is, if, if, I, if I don't, I'm going to go back. If I don't keep stepping forward, I, I'm going to get pulled back. I'm going to start looking the same way I used to. I'm going to start hanging with the same people I used to. Go to the places that I used to go before you know it. I, I, I knew I could have been. I knew. I had the chance. I had the opportunity. God put all these wonderful people in my life at the crossroads. He gave me friends. They taught me Bible studies. They, they took me over to their house. We went out to eat together. Man, we prayed together. We did all kinds of things. And I, I just didn't step forward into what God had for me to be. This is your defining moment. This, this, this right here today. And, and where these guys are standing, all this space right here, this is all altar space. This whole front is altar space. I, I know we don't have a lot of room in here, but I wonder if there'd be some of you that would step forward today and say, God, I, I thank you that I'm not who I used to be, but I know that I'm not who you want me to be. Yet. God, I want to keep stepping forward and becoming who you want me to be. God will give you grace. Amen. The same grace that God gave you to not be this person anymore is going to be the same grace that he's going to give you to become the person he wants you to be. Step forward today. Amen. Into your defining moment. This altar is open. I wonder if you just make some time today and say, God, I'm going to become everything you want me to be. God, I'm not going to hold anything back, but I want to become who you want me to be. I want to follow you, God. Your direction is right. Your, your ways are right. Your ways are good. And God, I'm going to follow you. I want to be who you want me to be. I'll step forward today.